Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. Here, you will find recordings of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. Now, this podcast is not intended to replace your Bible study, to replace your weekly church attendance, or to be your sole source of spiritual instruction. Go to church for that. This podcast is for members of my class who happen to miss a week here or there and don't want to fall behind. But before you listen to this episode, you may want to go to teachings.gym314.com and download student or teacher handouts, as well as any PowerPoints, so you can follow along visually and see what we saw in class, as well as take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app. I'd recommend Overcast. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, as I get started this morning, I want to show you guys something uh, that I think reflects what most of you probably knew, but uh, you set, definitely heard uh, last week. Take it easy on the tables there, Mitch. Like, come on now. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, some of you heard Darla Skinner speak for the first time last week and uh, became aware that she has a specific gift to be able to speak truth very clearly uh, and very lovingly, I might add. Uh, there was a great deal of love that came through. And uh, some of you know that she talked about holding ropes, uh, and I get a daily reminder of the rope that she holds for me because she made me a pillow. How long ago was this, Miss Darla? It probably says it on here, doesn't it? 2016, yep. Uh, She made me a pillow, and for those of you that are very keen, you will notice immediately what this is a picture of. This is the Death Star. That's exactly right. It is a very good Death Star, by the way. Uh, And this stays in our bedroom. Uh, We have two, like, sitting chairs in our bedroom, and this is on one of them. Uh, And it is on my chair. So Julie has her chair where she keeps her clothes, and I have my chair where I keep my clothes. Uh... (laughs) I have my chair where I keep my clothes. Let's put it that way. All right. Great. Uh, But this is usually one of the uh, first things that I see in the morning and one of the last things that I see at night. And it's a reminder to me that you pray for me regularly. So thank you for, one, praying for me regularly, but two, doing a fantastic job last week. Uh, How long ago did I ask you to teach Sunday school? Six months ago. Yes. Uh, And and that was adequate, yes. And, and what you didn't know is that several years ago, I wanted you to teach Sunday school. And I knew Miss Amy Velosen would say yes. So we started getting her involved to say yes very regularly to have ladies speak to our class to set the example. So Miss Amy, thank you very much for teeing up a very, very long game plan that finally got cracked over the fence last week. So I am thrilled that the master plan came together. Uh, Sean is working this morning. I got a text from him this morning. Uh, when Sean works, I'm going to share you all this too. This is, makes him a human being as if he wouldn't already, but uh, he sends me these notes. He says, would love to be in class this morning, but I'm on the way to work right now. Bring the word to them strong, Jim. I said, thanks, bro. Be safe, and please don't send me any pictures. Um, those of you that know what Sean does, he's a ER, a surgical nurse. 
And sometimes he will send me pictures of like the instruments or gan, and I'm just like, nope, 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 can't do that. You're getting too close. Uh, and it actually makes me break out in sweat right now thinking about it. So there's that. But anyway, all right. So uh, thank you, Miss Darla. I appreciate uh, your service to the Lord in that. And that won't be the last time we ask you to do that. So uh, moving right along to Romans, we're in week 38. Uh, and we still have a few more people other than me that are going to speak this uh, year in Romans, and I'm excited about them as coming as well. Uh, but as we've done each week, making sure that we are focused our time appropriately, uh, that we're giving plenty of time for the Holy Spirit to talk, that we're staring at the text, that we're talking to other believers, uh, and then if, uh, if possible, if there's some time left, then we'll throw in some tools as well. Uh, but our... Uh, our outline of, of Romans, uh, we introduced righteousness. There were several chapters of righteous wrath. We're going to hit some of these words again today. So Paul, as he's beginning to close out the book uh, here in the next few weeks, uh, circles back and uses some of the same language that he used earlier in the book. Uh, we have this big section on saving righteousness. Jesus comes in, saves the day. He is our righteousness. Uh, talking about righteous freedom that we have. Uh, specific examples to the Jews, and then now we kind of have this righteousness lived out section where we get these almost um, machine gun type bullet point ideas on uh, here's how to live this out, here's how to live this out, here's how to live this out. Now, today's text, Romans 14, 1 through 12, is the sixth part of this major section of Romans 12 through uh, 15, 13. Uh, and I really think it, it actually starts a first of a three-week span focusing on our relationship with each other, specifically weaker and stronger brothers. So in today's text, in next week's text, and in the week after that's text, you're going to hear this theme of weaker and stronger brothers. Uh, and then we will end with, um, on week four of this kind of three to four week little mini-series inside this sixth major section on Jesus Christ and his, uh, thank you Dave Barber, you're so wonderful, uh, on his specific uh, role in the weaker, stronger, and what this is all about. So some of you send me text messages as I am teaching, and I greatly appreciate some of those sometimes. <clears throat> so, all right, so let's start reading today with uh, Romans 12, 1. We'll read 12, uh, chapter 12, chapter 13, and then the first 12 verses of uh, chapter 14. So again, in my notes, just a little over two pages, so... Just a small amount of text, but we're getting there. All right, so let's read Romans 12, 13, and 14. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them, if prophecy, in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving, the one who teaches, in his teaching, the one who exhorts, in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve 
the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what's good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covenant, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, and the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And as for the one who is weak, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all the days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be both Lord of the dead and of the living. So why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God so that each one of us will give an account of himself to God. All right, so if you've got your handouts there, and you'll notice that the handout has a what in it today? 
has a staple in it today. Yes, it does. And this is predominantly due to the text. There's just a lot of text today. It's 12 whole verses. That's a, that's a lot of text for me, so I'm just using a staple. Um, all right, so let's, let's talk about some uh, literary or structural observations. I mentioned just a minute ago, I think this, this section begins a larger three-week section focusing on our relationship to weaker brothers and sisters. Um, and I've, I've thought about this concept for about a month or so now, and I'm not really sure, but think with me over the next three weeks. If this isn't perhaps a hint of how God looks at all of mankind as weaker and as an example of how he actually engages and demonstrates his interactions with us. So um, Paul sends us back in this text to Isaiah 45 uh, in the quote in verse 11 of Romans 14 uh, to talk about, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. And he reminds us of this judgment that is coming. Uh, and this is good to know. And I, I certainly don't think Paul has in mind here an idea of judgment and you're going to be condemned as you stand before God, which I mean, we, we hopefully put all that to rest in Romans 8. There's no condemnation for the believer. That has been done. God's wrath and condemnation was poured out on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ took all that. He dealt with that. He paid for all that. That is gone. That no longer is us. Um, however, there is a positional perspective, I think, that we have to keep in mind that I'm not the one in charge, right? It's not my job to go around and assess and to judge everything that everybody does from a perspective of, well, I'm the greatest judge ever. No, I'm not. I promise you, I am not. Um, so there's, some, there's an idea here that as we move through all of this, we keep in perspective that all God's children, all believers, have... A, a larger uh, positional uh, judge that stands above us. So, all right, let's talk about what the words mean. So, Romans 14, 1, as for the one who is weak. Now, we've seen this word before. We saw it back in Romans chapter 4 and in Romans chapter 8. Uh, the word means, here's your first blank, it means to be feeble, to be feeble, or impotent, or sick. It means to weaken. So, the one who is weak or feeble... So when we talk about the word feeble and sick, what's the opposite of feeble and sick? Strong and healthy, right? Okay, so that, keep in your head as we go through today, there's a, there's a weak and feeble and a strong and healthy. And I love how God handles them because this is beautiful and it's, it's very encouraging. So as for the one who is weak in faith, as this is the weak in the, uh, the belief or the moral conviction about things, there, how much, how much faith or how much, how healthy your faith is, uh, what do we do with that person? We welcome them, which is fantastic. So here's your blank. Uh, to take to oneself, to use food, to lead aside, to admit, admit to friendship or hospitality. Um, and, and the, the idea here is that you've got a ticket. And that ticket, because you are a believer in Jesus Christ, admits you to friendship and hospitality. If you're weak, if you're strong, you're admitted, which is really good. Because that's good for us, right? Because if God only took the strong, we're in trouble, <laughs> right? Everybody with me? All right. Good. This is really, really important. So if so the, weak, the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Now, who is Paul writing to in verse 1? The weak or the strong? The strong, right? It's obviously to the strong because we're talking about the, the weak and being asked to do something with the weak. All right, so he, he's going to change his, 
his uh, target audience as we go through this uh, text. So as for the one who is weak in the faith, welcome or admit him. But not to quarrel, not to dispute over opinions. Now we saw this word back in Romans 1. Uh, it means uh, discussions or uh, debates or imaginations or reasonings. And you've never heard Christians dispute over opinions, right? Facebook, oh my goodness, if we could just ban theological conversations on Facebook, except for the Romans uh, group. The Romans group is, no, sorry. Um, sorry. Uh, no, but there's just all kinds of opinions and quarrels. And, and what is the verse, the just face value, what do the words say? Don't quarrel over opinions, right? But rather, welcome weaker brothers. So just, we don't have to get really complicated. You don't have to get really convoluted. What do the words say? The words say, don't quarrel over opinions. So when you see opportunities teed up perfectly, wherever they may be, put the bat down. <laughs> Please. And if you see me swinging wildly, tell me, Jim, you told me one time to put the bat down. You're going to injure somebody soon. Yes, let's just put the bat down, right? Not the quarrel over opinions. Verse 2, one person believes or has faith in that he may eat. Now, this particular word for eat is used three times in this chapter. There's another word for eat that's used about ten times in this chapter. And they are like identical twin brothers. They are actually different words, but they mean virtually the exact same thing. So I'm not going to draw a distinction between the two words as we go through. Uh, but there are two different Greek words for eat as we go through. So um, one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats what? Only vegetables. Vegetables. Or you could also translate that word herbs, but vegetables is kind of a broader term for it. So, All right. Are there any vegetarians in the room? Seriously? Come on. Dadgummit. Uh, do you work with any vegetarians? There we go. All right, cool. Who's the weak? What do we do with the weak? Refer back to verse 1. Welcome. Your ticket is punched. Right? So this is classic Paul. Here's a principle. Here's example, 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 example. Oh, and the principle again, in case you missed it. An example, and here's, here's the principle again, in case you... Right? So let's, let's be real careful. We don't go, we're meat eaters. I love meat. Meat's fantastic. And I sit five feet away from a guy that is uh, vegan, which is like the next level. Uh, and I will, I will admit, he, I went with him to Southern Squeeze once. You all been to Southern Squeeze? <clears throat> It's pretty decent, yeah. They had a uh, thing that they thought was tomato soup. Um, it wasn't. It was pretty tasty. But they had a, a um, what goes with tomato soup? Grilled cheese. It was not cheese. He explained it to me like nine different ways. I did not understand. It tasted really good. So I conceded to him that there was one thing in the universe that was vegan that I liked. So there was that. However... I don't fight with him over vegetables. Because if I fight with him over vegetables, that means I'm not talking to him about Jesus. 
right? So, like, Jim, loosen the grip. Like, we're, we're in the playoffs of Major League Baseball right now, right? You're going to hear baseball analogies out the wazoo. Put the bat down. <laughs> All right. The weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise. I love this word. Uh, it means to set at naught. Here's a good old school word for you. N-A-U-G-H-T. To set at naught. Now, does anybody know what the word naught means? What does the word mean? It's an old school word for zero. Yes, very much so. Set it not what? Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And the word for abstain here is not eats. It's not some new word. It's just, it literally just means the one who not eats. Okay, so we're still referring back to two. And let not the one who not eats pass judgment. This is our old word, crino. Remember back in, yeah, here it's already up. Uh, back in the righteous wrath, crino is that judgment, that judgment, that judgment. I'm making judgments. I'm passing judgments. Uh, let not the one who not eats pass judgment on the one who eats. So the vegetables shouldn't judge the meats. You with me? All right. So there's direction to both sides. So who do you think Paul's talking to in the second half of verse 3? The weak, the vegetable eaters, right? Okay, so do you see how he's changing audience as he goes through this very, very tight passage? So make sure you understand who he's talking to because it, it does, in fact, make a difference. This is beautiful. You ready? This is beautiful. For God has welcomed him. Now, you know what that word welcome means? It's the same word back in verse 1 for welcome. God has admitted him. God admits the weak. Yes! <laughs> this is really, really, really good. Y'all don't think that's good? I think that's fantastic. Because how did he find us? What state? Now, I'm, I have led you into a theological trap. I am telling you. Admiral Akbar is holding up his sign right now saying it is a trap. What theological state were we in when Jesus found us? Lost and dead. Yes, it wasn't just weak. Oh, I'm on life support. No, 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 no. We're dead, right? And he fills us with life. And it might just take a little while to grow to be healthy. Right? Okay. So verse 4. Who are you to pass judgment? Crino. So who did he just tell not to judge? He just told the weak. I think he's still talking about the weak. So who are you to pass judgment, crino, on the servant of another? It is before his own master. Now, your Greek word here is kurios. K-Y-R-I-O-S. Most commonly translated in the New Testament as the word Lord. Yes. It is before his own Lord that he stands. Or to be stationary or falls. Just falls down. And he will be upheld for the Lord, the Kyrios. See how he uses the same word to describe two different functions? Functions is the wrong word. Same word to describe two different people. Is that the right? I think people works. Yep. The same Lord is able, is 
dynateo, this is the first cousin to the word dunamis, is enabled, powerful, to make him stand. So God is able to make the weak stand and the strong stand. The strong does not get his strength from himself. Right? Okay. <clears throat> so guess what verse 5 is? Example. Here we go. So one person esteems, crino, this is that judgment again, one person esteems one day as better than another. So what, what could we possibly be talking about here? Sabbath worship, right. So which day do you go to worship on? Now, it is theologically possible Paul is talking about something else. But the number of times this comes up elsewhere in the New Testament makes it very unlikely. Right? I mean, this is, it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. I'm going to guess it's a duck. All right? So one person esteems or judges one day as better than another, while another judges all days alike. So who does Paul say is correct? It's not the point of his argument here, right? The point of his argument here is to stop judging each other constantly over opinions. So each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. This is that word for made full proof. There is there's no doubt about uh, wishiness of, of, of way in, in my mind. It's this... I'm just tossed around. What's the verse I'm looking for? I'm tossed around. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There we go. Thank you, Mitch. I don't know why when I looked at you, it was like, boom, there's the verse. So thanks for that. Uh, probably because Mitch challenges me very regularly not to be double-minded, not to, um, it's like, no, pick a side here. Like that's, which is very helpful for me. All right, so each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Now, I have wondered for a while if Paul would have been a successful politician in modern days because he navigates both sides of this so beautifully without ever telling you what he really... Now, in this text, he doesn't. In this text, he doesn't. I'm telling you what he really, really passionately believes. Um, verse 6, The one who observes or thinks about, phreneo is the word, the day, this is one who thinks that there's one day better than another, uh, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, so we're going back to the earlier example, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, or literally eats not, eats not in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. What is the, what is the proper context of handling all of these different views? It's done for God, yes. I am doing what I am doing for the Lord. And Paul is saying two believers can do two different things for the Lord Here's a shocker, and God accepts them both. All right, so, so who's got a Bible on their... Uh, oh, there's a Bible right here. Uh, who has a Bible that is not a Greek Bible, not a King James Version, or an ESV? You have one? Starlet's got one? You keep it on the floor? You just... Which kind is it? Whoops. And I throw it on the table. That's not good. NIV. All right, great. There we go. Now, uh, so the, the, this is pink or purple? 
It's pink, thank you. I couldn't really tell. So I got a pink NIV, a blue Greek New Testament, um, a black King James, and a beige uh, ESV. Now, how many of you grew up in homes? Uh, this is Jim's example of this philosophy at work, by the way. How many of you grew up in homes where if you stacked books, that what book always went on top? The Bible goes on top. Why does the Bible go on top? Showing respect for God's work, right? And that's in the Bible somewhere, right? Might as well have been, right? It's, uh, where's she at? Where's she at? It's Second Ephesians chapter 5, right? There we go. Uh, we may or may not have had some dialogue about this. Uh, so there's not a second Ephesians. For those of you who don't email me, I know there's not a second Ephesians. Uh, when I was growing up, one of these four was viewed as more important. Yes. Uh, and it would be highly, highly disrespectful to arrange the books in this particular order. Right? So the right order would have been this, which I think is shocking because, like, this is the original, you know? But, okay, so let's do... That's how they were, right? I think that's how they started. You know what this is? It's an opinion. And you know what? When I'm around my weaker brothers, that's how I'm going to stack them. I'm not picking fights. I'm putting the bat down. It's okay. You know why? Because this was me, and I was looking to fight about this. Does this make sense? So here's something that helps me a lot. Um, I whoops, used to be weak in this area. And the weak typically, as Paul describes, is somebody who has a rule or an opinion or a perspective that restricts things in a particular space. Now, I am weak today in several areas. Hi, my name's Jim. I am weak in the area of alcohol. I restrict myself and our house so that that does not exist in our house because it scares me to death. That makes, literally, I'm, I'm telling you, this is how this works. That makes me weak in this area. Some of you are not. That makes you strong in this area. Now, if you go and you are a drunkard, that makes you sinful in that area, right? We understand that there's, if the Bible specifically says this is wrong, then this is wrong. This is how this works. But we all have been weak in different things, and we all, I would imagine, are weak right now in different things. Does this make sense? All right, great. I'm trying to get us all in the same boat. Thank you, Miss Darla. Now, this went there too, right? Excellent, good. And I am still struggling to read this. It is really, really hard. So, just FYI. I thought y'all would laugh at that, but it's really hard. <laughs> all right, where were we? Verse 6? All right, verse 7. Let's go to verse 7. For none of us lives to himself, right? Because the perspective here is, somebody said it over here a minute ago, it's to God, right? We do this to the Lord. For none of us lives to himself. This is, one of the commentators I read said, uh, this is Paul's way of saying no man's an island. I thought, uh, maybe so. Yeah, I can see that. And none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Now, I'm not talking, I'm not stopping and telling you all about the words here because these are shockingly simple words. Uh, if you want to study Greek, 
The first few verses of Romans 14 is a great text to do so because the words and the verbs are really, really simple. So, just heads up. Uh, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are whose? We are the Lord's. For to this end, another one of the things I love about Paul. Principle, example, example, principle, example, example, Jesus. <laughs> Right? We are, we are going to get to Jesus and how he did this properly. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be both Lord of the dead and of the living. So in case we're fuzzy over who Lord is, this is Jesus. And then, just to make sure, double check, triple check, we've got this. Verse 10, why do you pass judgment, Crino, on your brother? This is the word of Delphos. This is not... Uh, uh, anything fuzzy, this is just your brother. Or why do you despise? So this covers both of those words earlier in Romans 14. So the judgment and the despise. He's asking us, why do you do this? Right? And this harkens back to the, should you do that? And then he comes back with, God forbid. For we will all stand before the... You see what the Greek word is there for the judgment seat? The Bema seat, yeah. The judgment seat of God. For it is written... Oh, by the way, in case you think I'm making this up, this is an Old Testament concept too. Like, this passage to me is a perfect uh, synopsis of Paul's approach all the way through Romans. Principle, example, 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 principle, example, example, Jesus, Old Testament reference, backing it up, boom. I, I feel, I grew up on a farm, and we would go to, uh, like, farm competitions sometimes, and you would chase a pig, or no, you didn't chase a pig, you'd chase a, uh, uh, a calf, and the guy would catch the calf, and he would do this with the rope, and, the, and he'd, thro he'd throw his hands up, and we threw his hands up, that's when the clock stopped, right? And I feel like this is what Paul is doing right here, it's just... He's got us calf rope, throws his hands up and like, see? There you go. This is the way this works. It's a beautiful way to describe and to argue things uh, without being argumentative. It's just, here's the facts. So verse 11, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow or be bent to me, and every tongue, every glossa uh, shall confess or declare, or acknowledge. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I would have to think a long time about that. I'm not going to chase that right now. But I'll come back to you this week, okay? All right. Uh, so as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue, every glasses shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account, a logos, a declaration, a testimony of himself to God. Right? Does this make sense? All right. So let's look at a couple of observations of the text. All right, Miss Darla. Not yet. We've got to quote a commentator first. David Guzik, here you go. All right. Uh, he has a really, really good chapter on this. Uh, so question for you, I think, on there. Which believer is better, the weak or the not weak? Exactly. Who does God accept? Who does God admit? Yes. All right. That's a bad. That's a bad question. <laughs> all right. So here, here's a couple of reasons why a Christian might be weak. Uh, they may be a babe in Christ. You know, babies are weak. Right. 
We don't go to the nursery for help moving furniture. Like, we need somebody really strong to help us move these tables. Let's go get the babies, right? No, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's just ludicrous, right? They may be sick or diseased. Um, we don't go to the hospital to help people, to get people to help us. That doesn't make sense, right? They may be malnourished. And that's not been taught very well. Okay. I would dare say all of us have at some point in our lives been in situations, environments where there was lack of really, really solid teaching. Okay. I'm not slamming that. I'm just saying this is reality. Um, I guarantee you, you all in this room have experienced it from me. So if you've been in this class a very long time, you have experienced this too. So, And then maybe a lack of exercise. I really did. I really wanted, just wanted to delete the, that fourth one, but he put it in there and somebody would go double check me and ask me why. So uh, needing exhortation. We need to go work at this and get stronger, right? All right, so I think we already answered this one. Which believer is weak, the strict one or the less strict one? Uh, the strict one is. Uh, and legalism has a way of making us think that we're strong. Did I put that quote in there from Guzik? This is a quote from Guzik. Um, and those who don't keep the rules the way we do are weak. So, I mean, this is the way this works. So, what's the point? All right. Point number one, we belong to the Lord. Let's make sure we got the wrapper on this thing because it's really, really important. We belong to the Lord. So, personalized number one, what do we do with that? We honor the Lord with our opinions and our convictions. So, what's the point number two? We will give an account to the Lord. This helps keep us in the right mindset knowing that there is something in the future. Uh, so don't despise or judge other believers' opinions. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying if the Bible says this thing is sin that you are to say, well, you know, that's their opinion. No, 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 no. The Bible says this thing is sin or this thing is right. Declare the things that the Bible says. This is what we're called to do. But there's some fuzzy space in there too. Days, eating. Like Paul gives us examples of gray space. So when you hear somebody say, there's no such thing as gray space. Yes, there is. There's lots of gray space in the universe. But we have principles, isn't this good of God, to give us principles to navigate the gray space. This is really nice. This is really nice. All right, and then point number three, the Lord will judge. Uh, so what do I want you to do? I want us to stay in our lane. See this picture? Pick a lane. Stay in the lane. And if this is too tranquil and idyllic for you, uh, it's like, oh my goodness, it makes me nervous. Stay in our lane. Put down the bat. Stay in our lane. The Lord doesn't need us merging into His judgment lane. He owns that lane. Let Him live in that lane. That's His space. Like, let's just not merge there. Does this make sense? You with me? All right. So next week, do not cause another to stumble. Again, this is the weak, strong, uh, as we go through. Um, if, if you want a good verse to meditate on this week, Romans 14.20 is a great verse. A great verse to meditate on. It's a fantastic verse to meditate on. Uh, when you are tempted to swing at a something that was teed up on Facebook. So... All right, so thank you for coming to Sunday School today. There is a weekly update on your table. Please make sure your prayer requests are written there, that your name is on the bottom of that weekly update so that you get credit. Um, remember, you're going to stand before the Bema seat, and God's going to pull out these Sunday School rolls, and this is how crowns get handed out. No, 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 not at all, not at all. That's a joke. It's a bad joke. Sorry. 
So after you have prayed as a table, you are dismissed. Thank you for coming to Sunday school today, guys. Thank <laughs> you.